Hello there, and welcome to Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and last night I ate a pizza with three meats on it. And my name is Luke, and I got vaccinated. Congratulations, Luke. What what, what was the vaccine? Uh, The vaccine was Pfizer. Uh, I have been going through a complicated NHS admin thing, and therefore, rather than dealing with with that because it's forms um i waited until something came up on twitter uh there were awful lot of spare vaccines and i along with every 18 to 19 year old in london uh went sprinting down to twickenham stadium and got vaccinated at england's national rugby stadium i am very excited that this podcast is now officially hosted by two wonderful pfizer poppies and i'm excited <laughs> for hot vac summer So this week, we don't really have a big theme. We've been kicking around this thesis since January that we referred to as content hell. And then last week, we got to an episode talking about something I was calling the content toilet. So I feel like we've we've sort of like hit an arc there. And at the same time, the internet's like kind of in a really weird like transition period, it feels like. We're not really clear where things are going. And like this show is always trying to stay like one step ahead of like the news cycles and it. So we're, we're going to do a fun run. We just have like a ton of crazy shit to talk about. And I, I think I think we've earned that. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to have to figure this out. Yeah, I, 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 it, maybe it's just this week. Maybe we'll have a new big thing for you next week. But for now, I think we're going to just like, we're going to take our shoes off, you know, and run through the grass a little bit. Does that make sense? Let's, let's see what happens. Is that, is that a good metaphor? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I don't want it to sound like we're going to show feet on this podcast. That's my concern with that. But. No, we, uh, that's, a, that's a, uh, obviously a much higher level of the Patreon subscribers. That's once. right. If anyone wants to see me and Luke's feet, that, it, uh, that requires uh, one whole Bitcoin each, I think. Yes, I'm down <laughs> with that. <laughs> that seems right to me. All right. I mean, I think we probably need to talk about uh, Trump ending his blog. I think we need to talk about that as well because uh, my favorite. Okay, so my favorite take on this was there is no better uh, example of getting really into blogging than lasting approximately one month and then rage quitting <laughs> your blog. It's so good, just like the the idea that he had a blog and then realized that not everyone like everything he blogged didn't immediately become like headline news, and it's like, buddy, it's not the blog that's the problem. It's awesome. So, okay, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, uh, Donald Trump wanted to keep posting, but he can't post on Twitter. So what he did was he created a blog called the Desk for, uh, the from the Desk of Donald Trump, and he would just po- po- put tweets there. It was extremely uh, sad and uh, very pathetic, and I imagine it wasn't fun for anyone involved. And it didn't accomplish what he wanted, which was getting attention back. And so he has now quietly sunsetted this blog. And, well... Good riddance, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's going to have a killer TikTok account in like four or five years from now. TikTok will be over then, but you know, he'll have a killer TikTok account. I mean, this this is a this is a decent question, which is like what does Donald Trump do without Twitter? Like can he really do anything without Twitter? 
Well, well, no, because <sighs> the thing that I think we misunderstood about Trump, and even we misunderstood this at the start of this season, <laughs> um, was that Twitter was not the part of it. What actually was the part of it was the fact that, you know, it was the end of what John Herman used to write about as, uh, uh, oh, God, what did he call it? Um, the end of platforms, uh, the con- the platform wars, content wars. The content wars on the all. Right. Okay. So it is access denied. That is the column. That is the thing that defines everything, which is a really, really long piece. But you should absolutely read it if you never have, because it was written in 2015. And it, along with the Gorka Gamergate post, uh, is probably like the single thing that understand understood this before it happened, and then it happened. So what? Uh, what, because, what? What is it? What is the s- summarize this for us? Uh, the central thesis is that the fact that pe- that people uh, such as Trump, such as celebrities, such as many other people, can now go directly to their audience by tweeting means tweeting or. Facebooking or, or just saying things publicly to a wide audience without the intermediary of the media means they no longer mean, need the media. Uh, that has impacts on, for example, celebrity journalism, where if you're if a celebrity is constantly putting their stuff up on Instagram, the value of, for example, paparazzi photos goes down. Mm. But as is the value of access. Like if 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 you are a celebrity and you can put up like, hey, I made some delicious cookies or whatever, then it doesn't have much value to read in a celebrity magazine that. Uh, the celebrity likes making cookies because, sure, you follow them on Instagram. Why Why would you care about that? Right. That then transfers over into politics, which transfers over into Donald Trump because he figured this out essentially before any other politician did, really, or any other politician who did it as well, that all he needs to do is say a thing and because he is Donald Trump, suddenly everyone goes like, I guess we have to talk about it. And it hacked the news media. Right. But he didn't need the news media. Or rather, he... He thought he didn't need news media, but what he was doing was using Twitter to hack the news media by saying it, and therefore they had to report on it. Right. The fact that he says something publicly doesn't actually matter, because if the news media doesn't report on it, it doesn't exist if the scale is not big enough. Yes, I would agree with that. And I also think that Twitter itself is a lot different than like if he were to do something at a press conference, because... It's in print. It's there. I mean, also, if you don't cover it, like there's this sense where it's like you have to cover it because it's on Twitter, because if you don't, your competitor might. Yes. It's uh, very much that one scene of the newsroom where he storms in to say, like, every minute you don't say she's dead, your competitors are taking over. I'm so glad you referenced my favorite (laughs) TV show of all time, the newsroom. Yeah. And we can play Fix You behind this. It's great. Uh, <laughs> I will I will come up with a parody of it, yeah. But but that's exactly it. And I think this was kind of the mistake that we made during the Trump years. Uh, and I say we as, you know, both us and the, the wider sphere, which is that it was the understanding that the mere fact of him saying something was newsworthy. Now, when he was president, it was. But the fact of him saying something on Twitter was actually not inherently newsworthy. And it always felt like it was much more newsworthy than it was. Like, when Joe Biden has a press conference, you don't report every line that he says in a press conference. Because he says, like, you know, 
a thousand words and most of them are like, hey man, uh, and therefore you're not going to report that. Gun to my head. I could not tell you one thing that Joe Biden has said <laughs> since January. I have no idea what the man talks about. It's unreal. And like, I read the news. I'm aware of what he's doing. I'm aware of his policy. I've even like watched clips of him talk. And yet it's like one ear out the other because it's not a fucking tweet. And even what's even crazier is his tweets are terrible. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> his tweets are extremely generic. Like, yeah. we're proud to do this for America because we believe in... Uh, good things. Yeah, it's like, like the whole thing. It's like, great, man, whatever. I mean, so far, everything I've read about his presidency, things seem to be going like fine. Not not great, but also better than expected. And I have no idea yeah. what he's doing. It's, it's like a B plus. Yeah. And you know what? Like sometimes, sometimes you just want to have like T-shirt still on missionary sex after a big meal. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what this sure. is. That's what this is. This is like... We've watched one and a half episodes of a Netflix show. We did have ice cream after dinner. And now it's time to just like kind of fool around a little bit before we both get sleepy and go to bed. No, this is this this is this is more uh at a party that got incredibly out of hand. Like just really out of hand in a way that you weren't expecting. Everything was much worse. Like you couldn't get home, you were stuck on tubes, you were stuck everywhere, and then you got home and just like as just kind of a comfort blanket. Just, okay. It, it's like do, yeah. it's like the day after you and I got incredibly demolished at Stonehenge, and we spent the whole time <laughs> eating pizza and watching BoJack Horseman. Yes, that is exactly yeah. It. Coming coming back, coming back to the central point of this. Yes, coming back to the central point of this. What Trump has done with Twitter was discover that there was a way to hack the news media right. by just saying something and discovering they had to report on it, but also saying something newsworthy enough that when they reported on it, their metrics their response their reactivity went up and they felt like they had to report on it like just go short circuit their brain by saying something in 140 characters or later 280 characters that meant that it just it inveigled in there like if he'd released the same things as like an official press release like that twitter account that did the from the desk of donald trump uh it would have meant nothing no one reported it no one would have given a shit they would just be like wow this guy's still doing like weird shit out there right then we get that actual in-practice thing happening where he is producing a blog. He's no longer president. We've gone through this four-year period of kind of thinking like, should we report on everything he says? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? Should we? Shouldn't we? And broadly, we've come back to the, yeah, we probably shouldn't actually. And then it turns out that you run a blog and say, hey, uh, here's all my thoughts. And everyone goes, yep, yeah, nope, I don't care about these. And sometimes when you do that, it had to have very little impact. You know what it reminds me of? And I think it's a really interesting corollary actually. It reminds me a lot of when Keith Olbermann started a YouTube channel. Which was, I believe, linked to GQ. Yes. And it was uh, it was called, like, The Resistance or whatever. Yes. And I, for the life of me, cannot find the feature that was written about, like, his whole deal. But it's something that really sticks with me where, like, it's this scene. And if you know what long read I'm talking about, please send it to me because I literally... You, I've cut it out of the show, but I just spent like five minutes trying to find it and I can't find it. But it's this guy who comes up to Keith Olbermann in a restaurant or like on the street and he's like, oh my God, you're Keith Olbermann. I loved you. Where did you go? And he's like, well, you can find me on youtube.com slash the resistance or whatever. And the guy's like, yeah, that's cool. And he kind of walks off and it's like, <laughs> there is this thing about just like really not understanding your moment. And Trump is a funny example of this because he really he knew he was good at Twitter. Like he has said that like he was going to tweet his way into the White House, and yet he, in the last four years, seems to have also forgotten that like without Twitter, 
there's really nothing interesting about him. He's kind of sad and grotesque. But this is my point. Like, it's not Twitter that was the thing. It was the direct line. No, I understand that. I'm just saying for simplicity, like that's what that was the superpower. Yeah. It was but, being but able to shit I mean, post what, directly no, into journalists' faces. Right, but what I think was that he always misunderstood, and I think we are misunderstood what he was good at. He wasn't good at Twitter. He was good at at, at beating the media, which is also kind of what he's been doing his whole life. Like he is a media obsessed person. He's not a Twitter obsessed person. Like Trump has never seen a drill tweet. Trump has never no. done any of that stuff. Trump got trolled repeatedly. Like loads of people used to be able to like send him whatever like photo they want and be like, "This is my grandfather," and it would be a serial killer, and he'd retweet it. Like that happened like all the time with him. Right. So what's actually happened is that he had a platform where finally his weird obsession with the media and because you know he always used to send back articles to people that were like had scrolls yeah, underlines yeah. of like you did this wrong like that's what's happened i think and and he just found the right medium for it and now that medium banned him and he's passed him by and it turns out writing a blog doesn't have the same impact isn't that the truth writing a blog just doesn't have the same <laughs> impact So I am part of a crypto experiment right now. Yep, this is good. I'm looking forward to having to bail you out of jail in Brazil or, or when you when this all goes horribly wrong. But yeah, all right, Himmy, what's the experiment? So uh, have you ever heard of Mirror.xyz? I have not. Okay, so I heard about this website a couple of months ago when a guy uh, was tweeting about it and I was like, that can't be what I just read. But he <laughs> he basically... It's a it's like Substack, but it monetizes via cryptocurrency, and you basically crowdfund oh, pieces with cryptocurrency, and then you write whatever like you've funded. And so, like, there's a guy I know who was able to fund like several thousand dollars to write a piece, basically about the band 100 Gex. And uh, sure. So the way the site works is you uh, you join it, you enter a leaderboard, and then you get voted up to the top of the leaderboard, and the the 10 people at the top every week get access to the platform and then can publish on the platform. So I've made an account there today and I, uh, I, I did not get to the top of the leaderboard today. I have another chance uh, oh, no. next week, but I, I only received 29 votes. Uh, and the, the, the person who, who won this week has 8,399. So, so does, does everyone who signs up and votes for it, are they paying? As well, they're putting cryptocurrency in. No, so it, the way it works is like you make an account and they give you tokens, which are called write tokens, and then though you get ten tokens a week to vote, and then you and when the, and those votes then cr like move people up this leaderboard, and then the top ten be, like get access to it. Okay, so where does the money for the crypto come from? Well, the write tokens are just cryptographically made; they're just blockchain tokens. But where is the money from this? Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out. Uh, but people have been able to fund quite a bit uh, of money with it. And Mirror, the startup, actually... This seems like venture capital bullshit. Well, you know, what isn't venture capital bullshit? You know what I mean? That's fair. But as of this morning, I had read uh, that Union Square Ventures valued Mirror uh, at $100 million. So Why? Where is the money? Where Where is the money coming from? Where is any of this coming from? What do you mean? Because there's not any money. Uh, but Luke, you can just make money now. 
Sure, yeah. I mean, that's that's why tulips are still worth millions. You know, you could just if you if you don't have any cash, you can just make a cryptocurrency and then be rich in that cryptocurrency. Yeah. See, yeah, I need to emphasize again that is why tulips are not worth anything now. Like, <laughs> this is not how any of this works. <laughs> Yeah, I've got one. I've got one. So uh, I think I may actually need to do a dramatic reading of this. Okay. Um, I'm, oh, we haven't chat. done a dramatic reading in a while. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a tweet from that I did today that I just think we need to go through. Oh, God. Yeah, I saw this. <laughs> this was bad. Okay, do you want to go? You do one, okay, I do you, one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, so this is a really uh, fascinating Twitter conversation uh, from... Jeff Bezos properties. Uh, so <laughs> let's kick off. Amazon. Team Huddle time. We're about to make a big announcement. It's a lot to unbox. At Amazon Music, are you ready to rock? Guitar emoji. Heck yeah. And this announcement needs a playlist, right? Speaker phone emoji. Thinking some primus. <laughs> Thinking some primus might be the thing. Or perhaps prime time by Janelle Monet. Microphone emoji. At Prime Video, any preference there? Oh, we bow down to Queen Monet in this house. <laughs> Reminds me I should rewatch Homecoming Season 2 again. But back to the news. At Twitch, what do you think? Is this thing on? At Twitch, seems good from here. Thumbs up emoji. Can't wait to go live on this. You ready? <laughs> At Amazon UK. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're ready. In fact, just popping the kettle on as it sounds like prime time for a celebratory cuppa. <laughs> cup of tea emoji. <laughs> oh, God. At Amazon Saudi Arabia, are you excited? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Beyond excited party favor emoji. We're in the prime of our lives and have never done anything like this before. At Amazon Kindle, what's your read on this? Uh, well, people better be... St- might be starting to read between the lines book emoji <laughs> so the sooner we make this announcement the better at amazon australia are you guys ready down under australian flag emoji at amazon australia says we're way ahead of you like almost a day and we're stoked to be able to tell you the major announcement will happen in exactly 15 minutes over at amazon news eyes emoji clock emoji time to get primed for our biggest event of the year Champagne bottle emoji. That's right. Hashtag Prime Day 2021 will be June 21st and 22nd. Mark your calendars. Oh, my God. I'm imagining, like, a person in, like, a Saw-style torture room writing these tweets. It is bleak. Like, it's just so many. Like, it's 10. It's 10 different Amazon accounts. And they clearly had meetings about this and emails about this. And they've gone back and forth trying to figure this out. And it's just one of those things that's just... This was like this was like a... This was probably pitched as like a very fun project by like a dozen extremely grim people. Yes. This was like the highlight of quarter two for these people <laughs> yes this was like we're gearing up to have some fun in q2 gang get ready for the big new project from the social team <laughs> but also i mean i feel bad for the social team themselves because they probably have much better ideas than this and they have been just 
ripped, stripped away of any originality by a corporate culture that requires them to say heck yeah, not hell yeah, and requires them to put an, a kangaroo emoji in the Australian response. Guys, let's make a slack room for this. <laughs> let's make a slack room for the Prime Day Twitter handovers, because that's going to blow up. <laughs> also, the most amazing thing about this is that the main Amazon account has... 3.6 million followers and the lead-off tweet for this that went around all of this stuff uh had 83 retweets okay well like okay let's just let's just think this through really quick you're gonna make this project you're 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 like this is this is <laughs> this is what we're gonna do to announce prime day we're gonna have all the amazon accounts tweeted each other yeah. like people you're you're there. You're in the meeting room. I'm in the you've meeting got room. Your bottle, you've got your bottle to urinate in rather than leave work. Yeah, to I've just come out of the sadness that. kiosk and I'm fucking yep. revved up and ready to go. And yep. so, like we've been in these meetings before. I've I've been in these meetings. I guarantee you, they probably at some point talked to representatives from Twitter about this too. They're like, we've got yep. people at Twitter who like would be happy to promote this for us. Yep. But like, do and you, they won't then. No, of course, of course not. They're not going to. Uh, but also, do you think in your heart, like when you're in the room doing this and you're saying this and you're saying like this is what, this is what all like this is what all uh, the accounts are going to say and Amazon Music is going to say heck yeah. Do you do you really think in your heart like people are going to be excited to read that? Like people are going to log on to Twitter and be like fuck yeah. No. So I think a lot about this um, because. <laughs> I think one of the saddest things about social media is that there are so many people who are truly brilliant at it and they will get hired and they will disappear and their brilliance will be carved off by a culture that requires it to be corporate. Yeah, I would actually agree with that. We, I mean, you and I have worked with a lot of like extremely intelligent people who disappear into middle management jobs and just like look at Chartbeat for a living for the rest of their lives and like you just never hear about them again. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you remember the guy who made the was making the videos or doing the cinematography for the chicken connoisseur no uh so if you're not familiar the chicken connoisseur was a this really incredible like influencer from the uk who would go to chicken shops around london and rate them and the videos were like fabulously shot and like really really well done and luke and i have met him before he's a really nice guy but so what happened to the the guy who shot the videos uh he they went back and forth and i believe there was some like tensions because they were it was it was they they were a little astronomical it's slightly surprising they were as successful as they were uh and eventually he left to go to i believe one of the lad companies which i i mean they're the same one now obviously they're one company but it was either union or lad bible and then they, they became one company uh and yeah don't know what happened to him but that was three or four years ago uh i, I looked at him the other day and, and not a huge amount's come of him uh like he hasn't gone like he, he i think i believe he's still working there but just you know turning around videos and it's kind of that thing of being like oh no you're super creative and we're able to like do a really interesting thing that lived on social right and it's gone huh yeah that is really weird and like very sad because it's like well i i guess it, it speaks to this big issue with the internet which is like you could be really good at it but there's no way to make money on it unless you're working for a brand or you're an influencer which actually brings me to a big topic i've been wanting to talk to you about which is okay. this like revelation I had? So I, it doesn't really matter who, but this like 
middle of the road, like probably like 20,000 follower kind of media person on Twitter was complaining that they had their photo stolen and someone was using it. You know, it's a pretty typical thing. And I was just sort of overwhelmed with this feeling of like social platforms have, have evolved in such a way over the last five years where I feel like there's almost like no benefit anymore to having an identity that is your own identity on the internet, unless you have like over a hundred thousand people that follow you and you're like a legit influencer or creator. And it's something, and, and I, the risks just seem to outweigh the rewards. And there's like, there's no good models for even like, like say you're the, the guy who makes the chicken connoisseur videos. Like, what do you do with that? Okay. So this is interesting because I think I disagree with this. Interesting. Uh, Make your argument, and I'll see if I still disagree with you. I guess my argument is that we have a lot of people who are probably in between, let's say, a thousand Twitter followers and seventy thousand Twitter followers. So both of us. I think we are part of this, and being in that bracket, which is I would argue probably the majority of Twitter followers. And having a verified name that is your your name and your picture and it is tied to your identity, I think for the most part is like a security risk and a headache. And it feels like you've also, unless you're going to like win the lottery, it feels very hard to even escape that bracket. It feels, I don't want to say it's, you know, it smacks of class, but it does sort of feel like over the last five or six years, that bracket has become bigger and and more inescapable than ever before. This sounds like you're just mad that you haven't got to 70,000 followers yet. I am mad. But also, it also, to me, makes me think like maybe that's why people are blowing up so fast on TikTok is because it's a brand new app with a brand new user base. And it's like very easy to grow there. But at the same time, if you don't grow to like 100,000 TikTok followers, you kind of have – like a lot of people give it up, which I think is also kind of – maybe the right move i don't know i've been wrestling with this idea of like did we have the rug pulled out from underneath us and now these platforms like won't ever really help you leave the the pen so my response to that would be that i think that you are a fossil me you're a twitter you're a twitter fossil you have been on twitter too long by which i mean if you joined twitter two or three years ago you would have more followers now than you currently do do you think so Yes, because you would have come at it and used it in the way that it is now intended to be used, which is essentially to hack it. Like rather than being you online and talk about things and shit post and shit talk things and reply to people and have like fun conversation stuff, which I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've had a lot less of in the last few years. Like it's yeah. got less and less and less. And I think you probably have as well. Um, but rather than do that now, you would start with like, okay, here's my thing. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to optimize over time to make sure that my content is resonating, that I'm getting the likes, that I then retweets, I'm getting the followers. What gets me the followers? Do more of that, do more of that, do more of that. And you would power through to the point. Now, I would argue also, though, that that is less powerful. Like, they're incredibly influential people with, you know, a few thousand followers because they have the right few thousand followers. And I think that that is partly a legacy of being on Twitter a long time, partly a legacy of being interesting, but also not necessarily scalable. And so I think what you're confusing, confusing possibly there is the difference between scale and influence. Yeah, that's true. Where, you know, I don't have either. And so that bo- <laughs> <laughs> so that would definitely bother me. That makes sense. I mean, I guess like more broadly, 
to like remove Twitter from this equation is like it does feel like more and more younger users are abandoning the like LinkedIn culture of like, all right, I'm going to start my career now and I'm going to get a Twitter account and I'm going to like tweet (laughs) about stuff and then get a job with that. And like the, the Amazon thread kind of reminds me of this culture of like, just like aggressively lame millennial bullshit of like, I'm gonna like the okay, like the freaks that share vacation photos on Twitter. Uh so you're just saying you've never take you've never shared a photo of your of your of a time when you've been away on Twitter. Not in the last like three to four years. Okay. That's interesting. Like I would never tell Twitter I got married. Sure. That yeah, to me is no, psychotic. Neither. Like I'm sorry. Like yeah. if you go on Twitter after you get engaged and you're like, Twitter, we got engaged. And then like all the like other people, like verified users that follow you are like, congratulations. I like, I think you have a brain disorder. Like that's crazy. That's not what Twitter's for. Like that's crazy. You didn't do that. Right, but this is it. This is it. What you're already doing is you're kind of like filtering down what you're thinking. But you've already filtered down to not being yourself. Yeah, I don't think that's what it's for. Because you know, it, it's the idea that there, the idea there are multiple true selves is like transparently true. But you, what you are using is you're just using a particular self for Twitter. Yeah, I, and you probably have a, you probably have the same, but an adjusted self for Instagram, and the same but adjusted self for for Facebook or for 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 LinkedIn or whatever. Talking of this, I have an extremely relevant Instagram to show you. Okay, I'm taking I've a look. It. Let's see. Oh. <gasps> <laughs> oh no way yeah okay we gotta do we gotta do this story <laughs> all right so okay <laughs> when i first met luke i was visiting the uk for a couple weeks on a work trip and during that period of time a young scottish woman went viral for a tattoo that she received and took a photo of and tweeted the tattoo basically said, vroom, vroom, get in me fucking fanny. And it was a riff on the vroom, vroom, get in me car vine. Yes. And she went viral for it in a very big way uh, in the UK. But she also she also went viral for being just quite funny on Twitter. Like the main reason that she went viral was that she was funny and then she eventually made the news. Wait, was she already popular before she got the tattoo? She was semi-popular. She was like Scottish Twitter popular. I see. Okay, great. So what Luke has just sent me was, uh, so her name is Zola. And what Luke has just sent me is her Instagram. She has a bio that says she's back X, which is fantastic. And the photo is of her in Bangkok, (laughs) which is exactly where I would imagine her to be. I can't tell when the photo was taken. No one in the photo is wearing a face mask. So I don't know if it was taken in the last year. But she wrote, she's back three years away from Instagram. So I'm ready to spy X get ready huns. That's fantastic. Would you like to know what she's been up to in the last three years? Yeah, I would. Yeah. So she is now a, and she was a, in, in a place where she was she was certainly her Twitter persona, which was a, I'm going to guess, I always assume it was a slightly artificial persona, was basically a Scottish wreckhead teen. Uh, she now is a qualified um, English as a second language teacher. Uh, she's been teaching in Vietnam for two years. Wow. Uh, 
She has a degree in psychology, so she's been doing lots of more stuff. Uh, so she's also working uh, as in in like childhood learning and development. Um, and yeah, and she does a lot of charity work uh, for children's rights. Her tweets were out of control. Like her yeah. Twitter account was out of control and she went away from the internet and got a real life. And I think she proves my point. She does. I think like the version of her online was absolutely not the real version of her. And the fact that she was simultaneously like making out all these things where she was, you know, drinking buck fast until 4am or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm sure she probably did that occasionally. I think she had a Twitter thread about smuggling drugs into like parliament. Scottish Parliament. Yes. Yeah, during a horn recital, I think, because she was like a horn player. Yeah, well, she, I think she was making jokes about that. I don't know that that was like she was actually saying it was something she did, but it was, yeah, it was it, this thing of being like, yeah, she was just completely wild all over the place. But actually, she's not that, and she, I don't think she was that at the time. But it's exactly that thing of like making sure you have a Twitter persona, and then leaving Twitter, going away, and then doing what your actual life is, which is entirely separate. But the problem with all of this is going to be that, you know, her name is going to end up attached to a bunch of these things still. Right, because she got interviewed by, like, actual news organizations about her tattoo. She did. See, that's the... So So what you're saying is you should not put your name on the internet. No, I'm saying that if you put your name on the internet, you need to be clear about what you're doing. Hmm. That's fair. That makes sense to me. I have two Instagram posts to show you. Uh, Hit me. Okay, so I want you to read the first one first, and just and let's just start there, and just sort of just walk us through. Uh, oh my god. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> actually, do you need to talk about this? This is on my list to talk about because. So this is basically two posts next to each other. The first of which is from the account James McAvoy updates saying basically I'm done with this account. And the second being from a BTS Stan account saying I haven't been posting on here a lot. And essentially the two people are saying like, I have recently gotten treatment for my mental health. And it turns out that the thing that I was obsessed with, I actually wasn't obsessed with. I was just mentally ill. Right. And I, it's one of those things that's kind of like slightly blown my mind because <laughs> like the idea that everyone who is, Wait, hold on, hold on. If you're not, like, not going to read it, I'm going to read it because it's too okay, good. Okay, you read it. Okay, James McAvoy updates writes, I'm done with this account. Thank you for all the laughs, but I have no motivation to keep updating on James. This account was initially to help me let my feelings out and sometimes rant, but my antidepressants have started working and they help me realize I actually do not like James McAvoy as much as I thought I did. If you were looking forward to my updates, I apologize. You will have to find another account to follow as I am no longer suffering from mental illness. XX heart emoji. The second post is from BTS Army 222777. And it's an image that says, Sorry, I haven't been posting on here a lot, guys. I'm starting to take a mood stabilizer, and now I'm not obsessed with BTS anymore. And then the caption they write, still love them, though, purple heart emoji. Now, I want to be clear. I am not laughing at mental illness or uh, hyperfixated behavior or anything like that. But like you, it is kind of a mind-blowing idea that like st huge stan accounts are like being run by you know people who are sort of like using them as a vent for mental illness or obsessive behavior. And it does sort of like clarify some things, I think. I think it absolutely does. It's, it's, oh God, it's totally different to, I don't know, totally different. It's, 
yeah, the idea that people are obsessive about things because they are going through a mental health crisis is like vaguely inevitable as soon as you think about it. Um, yes. And yeah, it's it's pretty tragic. This is an outlet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the other way. The, the another way to put it. I mean, I will say the Twitter reactions from the recent screenshot from the James McAvoy accounts page are things like, "What an icon!" Like this is iconic. Like, and I think that's like that's part of it here, right? Like we're not we're not bagging on somebody for doing this, but I do think it is interesting to me that a lot of these accounts become very socially powerful online. And it is sometimes hard to remember that they're run by like teenagers or they're run by like yeah. very unwell people who or people who are just like going through a very strange time in their life where they're like, I want to obsessively post about James McAvoy for a while. It's like I sort my shit out. And like, I think, you know, on this show, we have talked a lot about like Stan culture, Stan armies, the media's fixation on this culture. And it's very easy to forget that like they're just like weird people going through a weird time in their lives sometimes and like that's just how you gotta cope yeah you know yeah exactly it's not it's not uh yeah sometimes it's not that deep i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess sometimes it's just not that deep i feel like that's a good place to leave it this week so All right. before we wrap up as always luke have you consumed any content to stay sane this week Yeah. Um, so for the last couple of uh, weeks, months, uh, we've watched the the I don't even know what channel it was originally on in the US, but the the affair, the affair. Yeah, with um, Dominic West, Ruth Wilson, Moritani. It's like a. Well, it's fascinating because the first season was oh, very much. Oh, I watched the first season and it was like crazy, and then I totally forgot about it. No, so the first season is normal. The first season is relatively straightforward. There's some people having an affairs. It's all sort of like... It's got a really interesting take on kind of unreliable narrators in that it often does an episode with two halves where it does one from one person's perspective and the other from the other person's perspective. And yes. like the people are differently nervous and they say different things. And it's fascinating to kind of... It's a really nicely done bit. But each season, it seems to be trying to like raise the stakes to the point where it's got to a... like fascinatingly kind of soap opera level of stuff are you are would you are you planning to watch the rest of it or i will tell you what happens because it's wild hold on i'm like reeling right now this show has been on for five seasons yeah how what there's so much tv now (laughs) there's just too much how is the i thought the affair was a mini series i thought it was like true detective no no it's it's been going forever is this the same affair yeah hmm well, do you want to know what happens eventually? Uh, yeah, I mean, a fair spoilers for anybody who's trying to catch up right now. But yeah, sure. What? I'll I'll play the spoiler song. I guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the spoiler zone. The so after the the. The main thing, which is Guy cheats on his wife with Waitress. He eventually marries the Waitress. They go through a bunch of other things. And it eventually ends up in the situation where his ex-wife sleeps with the woman next door, who then sleeps with her new husband, gets pregnant by her new husband before he dies of cancer. Uh, Okay, but... 
what? <laughs> no, it's one of these. It just every season it just gets slightly more deranged to the point where it's like this was quite an interesting series. It was quite like humor and had a lots of like dealing with emotions and drama and this stuff. And now it's it, it is a soap opera, but it's a soap opera that thinks that it's still a real drama, which is just fascinating that because is. everyone's like everyone's like kind of you know like staring and being like very solemn and, and silent about things, and it's like. You guys aren't really realizing what show you're doing now because it's not the show anymore. You know, I, I've talked about this on the show before, but like I've gotten very into like Netflix telenovelas because uh, they're very sure. like fun. And I like I love the opposite. Actually, I like I love a show that is a soap opera that has the budget of a drama. It's usually way right, more right, fun. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is more fun. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. What content do you consume to stay sane? I'm watching a Norwegian show. I just finished the second season of a Norwegian show called Ragnarok. Okay. It's Is it is it is it better or worse than than Thor Ragnarok? Well, so that's why it's called Ragnarok. The I, the premise is that a teenage boy in Norway uh gets imbued with like the power of Thor and the family that's running like the giant corporation in the in the town are frost giants and they have to have like an end of the world battle. And so the show is like about people in this town slowly discovering that they're Norse gods. Oh, that's fun. It is fun. It's not campy really other than like the premise. It's it's also the plot of every Assassin's Creed game. Oh, well, okay. So th- there you go. So it's like that. But what's been really fun is in the second season, they finally introduced Loki. And the modern version of right. Loki fucks. I love, like, first of all, I'm like, I get kind of emotional thinking about how good of a character and how old of a character Loki is because he's such a good character. He's like one of the best characters <laughs> that human beings have ever come up with. You know, he's like millennia old. Uh, and this version is like, they, they portray him as like a goth genderqueer character like teen right okay that's fun that's fun who's like very manipulative and like it's very well done and then they they also introduce odin in season two who is portrayed as like a grizzled old man in a rascal scooter in a senior citizen's home (laughs) so it's just like it's fun it's and and i i it's also kind of like tying me over until loki premieres next week which is gonna be big yeah that's gonna be wild that's it's going to be fun that that's back. What? Well, not back, but, you know, it's fun that the Marvel Universe is back now. Yeah, it's... Finally, we have something about... Finally, we have something to talk about with Marvel. You know, it's been a while. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we're going to have nothing but Marvel to talk about for a while. Yeah, we're in a real drought. A real Marvel content drought. So, I'm excited. We're in a Marvel content drought that's about to be ended extremely aggressively. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of ending things aggressively... Not really. Well, I guess sort of. Yeah, we have one more episode of Fast and the Furious. Uh, yeah. So we're doing Hobbs and Shaw next week. It's you know it's the end of the road for us until we can figure out a way to safely see uh, F nine together or yeah, separately, the, depending the, on how this works. The Charlie Puth song is playing right now. That's right. It's very sad. Um, and then after that, we are going to be doing a vote. There are a lot of crazy ideas kicking around our Discord right now. Yeah, I'm slightly worried about the number of crazy ideas kicking around. Uh, I'm going to collect, like, the five most feasible. Uh, And we're going to put it to a vote, and we're going to find out. 
and then we're just going to roll with it. And if it is truly horrible, we will stop. But I think <laughs> I think we get the right to say no thank you if it's totally bad. But I'm excited. I'm excited to shake things up a little bit. Yeah, for the record, I'm not I am not watching all the Police Academy movies. Just I'm just not so doing you know. that. I'm absolutely I've watched <laughs> a lot of the Police Academy movies and I'm I'm not watching that. But yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. I think it'll be exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm I'm nervous, but you know, we'll see where it goes. We're experts now. We've done three cinematic universes together over the years, and I think it's time to get kind of wacky with it. Yeah, yeah, we we should do. Let's see what let's see what 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 we think. If you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash the content minds. Uh, it will give you access to our Discord, and you can vote, and you can listen to that, and it helps the show keep going. And it's uh, we 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 love meeting all of the listeners. Um, and yeah, we're, we'll we'll see you next week. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So, yeah, bye, guys. <laughs>